This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Broadcast Church Planting Podcast. Today we're going back in our archive to December 2014, where we were joined for a hangout with Terry Virgo, the founder of New Frontiers. And in this hangout, Terry is talking about how we can raise up new leaders in our church plants. You can find this full hangout, including a Q&A with Terry and all the notes on everything that Terry had to say at www.thebroadcastnetwork.com. Dot org slash episode 18. So without any further delay, here is Terry Virgo talking about developing new leaders. Thanks so much for taking the time. It's a privilege and a joy to speak to you. I'd like to pray and then we'll talk. Father, thank you so much for joining our hearts and joining our lives tonight. Let your spirit teach us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought I'd like to start by looking at a passage in the New Testament, and then most of our time will be in conversation, questions and answers. So I'm looking at Mark 3, where it says in verse 13, that Jesus went up on the mountain and summoned those whom he himself wanted, that they came to him. And he appointed 12 so that they would be with him and he could send them out to preach and to have authority to cast out demons. Okay, so we're looking at the archetypal raising up of leaders. That's what you've asked me to address. And here we've got Jesus uh, raising up leaders. So I just want to look at a few of the phrases which I hope might lead to some conversation uh, shortly. First of all, it says he went up into a mountain. In Mark's gospel, every time that's referred to, he's going to a mountain. It's always very important. Uh, It speaks sometimes of its purpose moving on. And just to say that the raising up of leaders was obviously crucial to Jesus and is crucial to us. Uh, He gathered huge crowds, but his eye was on these leaders. He was looking after leaders who were trying to find them and focus on them. And although it doesn't speak about it in Mark, it says in Matthew's account, or big part of Luke's account, he always majors on the prayer side, he says in Luke 6 that he prayed all night uh, before he called them. So this is a very prayerful thing. Remember Jesus said, the, the harvest is ripe. The laborers are few. So here's one of the prayers we've been told to pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would thrust forth laborers. So praying for leaders is one of the things we need to be giving ourselves to. We've got very uh, explicit command to do that. So he prayed, and then he gave this uh, serious moment, and then he, having gone to that place, Um, he invited guys to come to him. He initiated the whole thing. He he was the one who invited 
the leaders. He didn't uh, have a democracy whereby guys said, well, here are the men we think you should have with you. Uh, he made the choice. So leaders can initiate finding other leaders. They, can, they take the initiative. Uh, they don't uh, let other people choose them for them. They don't let the religious hierarchy choose for them. They make the choices. And uh, we need to be seeing that. We're making choices whom we gather. And uh, it's interesting that uh, I know over the years I've had people uh, try to suggest to me that I should choose them, and it doesn't work. Uh, you have to feel free uh, to take the initiative. As interesting combination, it says, he chose those whom he himself desired, which sounds a bit casual, really. It sounds like he chose the guys he liked. Uh, but I think maybe it's more than casual. Maybe it's very important that he didn't, he chose people he liked. Um, now, he prayed all night, so it's not a, it's not a casual thing. Uh, maybe it's a bit like marriage. You know, you probably pray about marriage. You pray about finding a partner, but it's good to have someone you like. And uh, I know as a young guy, I came to a place where I thought, oh, maybe you just have to pray and then you just get married even if you don't like them, which uh, I don't think would be very successful. Uh, so I think that's not a bad illustration. We, we pray, we look to God, but we also work with people we like working with. I really don't think there's any problem with that. Jesus chose the ones he desired that they might be with him. And you find the Apostle Paul uh, choosing Timothy. There's something about Timothy that he wanted, and he took the initiative, and uh, it looks like he, he asked the elders' permission and said, I'd like, I'd like that guy. I think you must feel free to choose whom you you feel comfortable working with. So it's, a, it's an initiative from the leader to choose up other leaders. And it was, it's as they came to him. Um, and uh, it wasn't they, they came to a teaching program. It wasn't that he sent them away to Bible college. They came to him. And we mustn't be scared if God's called us to plant something, to invite people to be with us. It's not being invited to a statement of faith. Uh, not that that's unimportant to have doctrine. We'll come back to that later. But it is a call to something personal, a call to relationship. And if we're going to build something, that's pretty crucial. And it says in the Old Testament, men came over to David and they said, we're yours, O David. It's a very personal thing. And um, and it says in the New Testament, Paul says, they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. And that personal giving of ourselves to one another, I think is very crucial. Uh, last week, I had the privilege of meeting a guy in London whom I'd never met before. And he'd begun to hear about New Frontiers and met one or two of our guys. And he's a very smart cook. He's a PhD. He's involved in leadership training across Europe. And he works with Wayne Grudem and a few other well-known guys. And he said, I'm hearing about New Frontiers. He said, I have never heard of a group with such relational strength. He, says, he said, I don't know if you know how precious it is what you've got. He said, I would like to get you in front of hundreds of leaders and ask you thousands of questions because you've got something relational. And so many men are lonely, 
and they're not in relationship. And I, and I feel it was quite interesting to me. Very often people ask me about how can you be reformed and charismatic. He kind of took that in his stride, but he said, I've never seen anything so relational. I've never seen people so joined to one another. I've met several of your pastors now. I'm absolutely fascinated with what I'm seeing. So it's an important thing. It's not the kind of the hire and fire thing. It's not sending in your CV. It's not applying for a job. It's a guy inviting you to join him. It's initiative from above. And then it says this, he appointed 12. And uh, I was doing a study on Mark a little while back. And uh, in one of the commentaries, it says, when it says appointed, it actually means he created, he made 12. It's like he's forming something completely new. Now, we know that uh, there's a sense in which it's very unique to talk about what Jesus is doing. Um, Jesus is obviously very unique, but there's something here I think we need to pick up. He's creating something. What he's doing is forming a people. Uh, he's forming the church, ultimately. But when we start planting a church, we are creating a new thing. And we're creating a culture. And it says Jesus made 12. He created something completely new. And that's part of what we're doing when we've planted a church. We're creating something. And the leaders their mutual relationships create a culture that other people get added to. And I know when I, ever, I visit a church, I'm always looking for where, where's that central group of guys who carry this? Where's the, where's the team? And sometimes you see a crowd, but you can't find the team. And I, I would say that this leadership formation, this raising up of leaders, is not just helping guys find their skill, is helping guys find their place in a team. Because we work as a team. In the Old Testament, you get isolated figures. Sometimes you see them gathering people like David did, like Gideon did. But in the New Testament especially, it is going to be about team. And you'll find Jesus made 12. And it's also interesting to see that he made 12 from very different guys. So uh, in the 12, he had... He had a, a zealot uh, who was like a terrorist, and he had a tax collector who'd sold his soul to the Romans. So these are very different kind of guys. I remember years ago saying to one of our guys who seemed to only be able to uh, form friendships with other, young, other guys who were good at sport, that was their common ground. I said, you've got to get wider. You'll, only, you'll find your ministry is very limited if you don't get out of this mold. He just made good friendships with guys who enjoyed sport. He kind of dismissed other guys. I said, you've got to get wider. And Jesus was very wide. He only had 12 guys, they're all Jews, but one's a tax collector who sold his soul to Rome, and one's a zealot who'd happily kill any Roman he saw. And they're all in one team. And Jesus made them into 12, and made them into a, a, a foundation for the fellowship of what will grow around them. I think the forming of a leadership team is crucial. I think it's it's about building relationships as well as raising up their individual gifts. It's a corporate uh, leadership. And that comes from um, sharing your lives, sharing vulnerability. Uh, it's important that there's intimacy in the group, which includes vulnerability. I think it's important that a team leader 
demonstrates that he needs his team. And I've always had teams that I need. I need the skills of the other guys in the team. Uh, they're not just my clones. I'm not just trying to make them like me. I, I need their gift. I need what they bring to the table. And guys really, they, they know they're valued if we express that and we, we depend upon what they bring. That helps them make a team. So when we're raising leaders, we're also raising a team that's going to lead this church. And guys who know they're loved and valued and prized help to create a core in a new community that's coming. They create a culture of acceptance because they accept one another and of love because the leaders love one another. And when there's tension among leaders, the whole church feels it. And there's a sense in which you can handle a storm on the edge of a church. You can handle that, but you don't want a storm at the middle. And so... You want a team that speaks its mind to one another uh, in the room. Uh, if they're frightened to confront, if they're frightened to speak their mind in the room, uh, if they just agree with a forceful leader, because that's what you're meant to do, uh, then, then they'll express themselves in the corridor outside when the meeting's over. When one turns to another and says, did you agree with him? And the other says, no, I didn't agree with him. But we don't say it in the room because we're too scared. So we say it in the corridor. And that's not building anything. So we've got to create a context where people can speak their mind, they're invited to, uh, they're welcome to. So anything that needs to be talked about, you, you know, it's, it's, it's there. It's in the open in the room. It doesn't have to be in the corridor. Uh, everyone can hear it. So we're raising up leadership teams. So... He raised up these 12, he made 12, and it says they were to be with him. Again, that's different to when I looked like I wanted to serve God, I was told, go away to Bible college. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's not the thing. It's being with people. It's being, they're invited to be with Jesus. They were going to be apprenticed. An apprentice is someone, somebody, somebody said an apprentice is one bound to another to learn a craft. And uh, when I went to Bible college, you just learned from somebody's notes and put it in your notebook and then went to a lecture from somebody else. But really, we're trying to lead people. That's the Bible. The Bible way is to apprentice people and to help form lives. And it says about Jesus, if you, you think about it, it says in John's Gospel, the life was manifest and we handled and touched this life. How do you raise up leaders? Well, you let men get close enough to touch you, to know what makes you tick, to know what the passion of your heart is. Uh, it's just, they said to Jesus, teach us to pray. They got close enough to him to pray with him. The life was manifested. It's not just accumulating theological information or even just learning some skills. It's it's a life communication. It's being around someone that you want to lead you and, and gaining from what is on display. We touched and handled him. He was there. The life was manifest. And uh, Jesus said in John 17, when he's praying about it at the end, I manifested your name to those you gave to me. In other words, I, I made your character known. Uh, when it says your name, it means who you are. 
and Jesus prayed that. I, I showed you, I showed them what you're like. A leader has a huge responsibility that his life can be investigated, looked at. Is he consistent? Has he got integrity? How does he treat his wife, his family? How good is he at friendship? How good is he at keeping his word? And all the time, as you're doing these things, you're apprenticing other people. They're getting shaped as you put a good example. It says in Hebrews 13, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, consider the result of their conduct and imitate their faith. It's good. It's good uh, verse for us. It says, remember those who led you. So you, you help to lead a team of leaders. You're a leader who spoke the word of God. It's not just your bright ideas. It's uh, we show our own submission to the Bible. We know that that's that's where we're getting all our authority from. That's what we're trying to live, uh, lay down our lives in front of. The word of God is what we submit to. And then it says, consider their conduct, that we're not just Bible teachers hiding behind the Bible. There's a conduct to watch. And then imitate their faith. Faith's huge. Uh, as leaders, you can't accomplish anything without faith. You can't even please God without faith. And one of our leadership responsibilities is to stimulate other people's faith, to teach them to believe and a group of leaders who believe God together are a powerful force for God. Whether it is in obtaining property or finance or more people, it's, I believe corporate leadership faith stimulates a whole congregation and leads them forward. So we can, we can help to teach people to pray. Uh, one of our young guys in England, Matt Hosier, who leads a church, he used to be with us in the Brighton church I led. I heard him say to people, I learned to pray in the prayer meeting at CCK. I learned to pray. Uh, that was in the prayer meeting I used to lead, and, and there would be a sense in which people were learning as we were praying. It wasn't a formal deal. It was, it was obtaining things, it was praying together, uh, asking, have we got faith for this? Are we, are we receiving it? So we're stimulating other people's faith. That never happened to me at Bible college. No one ever taught me to believe God. No one ever taught me that. They tried to teach me Old Testament theology, New Testament theology, church history, all helpful. But you need as a leader to teach people to pray, teach people uh, how to get hold of God and prove God. That's part of our calling in raising up, raising up leaders. And then, uh, obviously, our relationships. So that in the end, as Paul said, I'm sending to you Timothy. He knows my ways in Christ. He's really learned the things that matter to me. He's been on the inside track with me. And that's a biblical way of training, I believe. And uh, he knew what made uh, Paul tick. He was able to communicate that. I think just to say also, Jesus did invite commitment uh, in the sense he said he, when people said they were going away, he preached some hard stuff about eating my flesh. As people departed. Jesus turned to his guys and said, you're going away. He was like, he's looking for an expression of commitment. I don't think that's inappropriate. 
And they said, no, 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 who else has got the words of life? They wanted to stick with him. And then, of course, it says he chose these 12 to be with him and then ultimately to them to be able to do uh, what he'd been doing. So they were, it wasn't just uh, a kind of training thing. It was a real commissioning. So he's sending them. Uh, D.L. Moody said, I'd rather put 10 men to work than try and do the work of 10 men. Uh, we're trying to reproduce others. When we raise leaders, we're trying to reproduce people who themselves can reproduce faith, integrity, godliness, all these qualities that God's looking for. And so there are many ways that we do that. We train people, we create context for them. We then commission them. We may take them with us so they can watch us do things or they sit in while we're counseling or we invite people to sit in elders meetings with us to see how we do things. We invite them into a context of seeing how we do it. And then we create a context where they can have a go at doing it. And then we can comment on that and uh, bring our appraisal, correction, encouragement, and then we put them in a situation where they're free uh, to go alone because we've, we've reproduced ministry. And we may find God teaches us to plant other congregations, different sites and so on, whether it's a complete church plant or whether it's another site in uh, one church. We are releasing guys into their role. Hopefully you found this hangout helpful and now have loads of new things that you can apply to your own situation. Just to remind you to see all the notes on everything that Terry was saying, plus a Q&A with Terry, you can visit www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 18. And if you go to thebroadcastnetwork.org, you can sign up for updates about all of our hangouts coming up in the future, and you can access our full archive of church planting resources.